Captain. Raging review. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, Coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand. And let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm! Alarm! Ready! Who's that team ready? Who's that team ready? That's up! I got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Ladies, gentlemen, children, babies, Cajun Nation. Hello once again, and welcome to another edition of the Rage and Review Podcast, Season 6, Episode 7. I'm Jerry. I'm here with my counterpart, Nick. Nick, what's going on, dude? Nothing, man. Um, Been a pretty good week. We got the win on Saturday. Never been more happy to flush a win, but... uh, (laughs) You know, uh, all, all things considering, as as the Saints did on Sunday, oh, we could have done that and we didn't. So, take it for what it's uh, worth, right? Yeah, right. That was that was a hard. I had to mention but... the Saints, of course, right? Well, it's a tale of two games, right? Because we we were able to hold on to the lead on Saturday, and then you saw what happened when you don't hold on to the lead on Sunday, right? So we we got a mixture of both. It would have been nice to go two for two, but I guess one for two will do. Uh, for right now and of course what we're alluding to to uh, we we were talking about the buffalo win uh the cajuns victorious over the buffalo bulls this past saturday night at cajun field by the final score of 45 to 38 we'll take some time to review the buffalo game kind of talk about our pros and cons and uh kiss that game goodbye before heading on to minnesota we'll talk about the minnesota golden gophers we'll talk about their team what can we expect and uh talk a little bit about what we see going into this big matchup against this big 10 school and uh we'll talk a little bit about around the sun belt what's going on around the sun belt who's playing who and uh these this past weekend results as well as well as the standings and where the cajuns stand in conference we'll talk a little bit of raging cajun soccer a little bit of raging cajuns volleyball and to close it out nick and i will give our predictions for the minnesota game on oh man that's Saturday. gonna be a tough one i've been thinking it's, about that all day man and that's it's gonna be really, tough it's a tough one to predict yeah and we'll talk a little bit about you know what some of their fans are saying um i had the chance to lurk over uh to their message boards and you know look they like we talked about our game where we almost blew a big lead and lost it they did just that against northwestern over the weekend up three scores so um you know it, it's gonna be it's interesting to hear it's always interesting to hear the perception of another fan base, but uh, seeing some of the comments that I got to see from the Minnesota faithful, uh, it's interesting. And, and so we'll talk a little bit uh, about that. Uh, and uh, Jerry, they're not along. really talking a whole lot about the game. And I cannot appreciate that because after a game like against Northwestern, where they did what we almost did and blew a big lead in the fourth quarter. Again, we'll talk about that later. They seem kind of apathetic right now, and and they're not happy with Fleck, and they're not happy with their defensive coordinator. So, um, yeah, I think they're they're just a little upset and just trying to take it all in at the moment. Well, that's ripe for the taking for us. Uh, that's a little little bit of ripeness there. Is it? I mean, is <laughs> I it or know. is it not? We'll see. We'll I, talk about that. I'm liking it. But anyways, before we get into anything else, we have to sit back and thank our sponsors 
for helping us keep the show on the road. Starting off with Gordon McKernan Injury Attorneys, office locations in Lafayette, Alexandria, Lake Charles, Monroe, Shreveport, Zachary, Denham Springs, Gonzales, Hammond, and the home office in Baton Rouge. Go by and see the Chief Happiness Officer, Penny. You'll be glad you did. Get the G guarantee. Gordon will win your case or you don't owe a dime. No cost, no expenses, no fee, nothing. Thousands in NIL deals. They assist athletes with everything from promoting their personal brands to networking within the business world. Call toll-free at 888-532-1573. That's 888-532-1573. And go to getgordon.com, get Gordon, and get it done. Lafayette Roofing and General Contractors, licensed and insured, locally owned and family operated. Visit a friend of the pod, Darren Domang. He is a proud UL alum and RCAF supporter. Lafayette Roofing is certified with the Better Business Bureau, where Mr. Darren Domang serves as a board director. Just a reminder, if you haven't inspected your roof for damage with the wild weather we've had the last couple of years, make sure to check for sagging, signs of water damage, dark spots, holes, cracked or torn shingles, large amounts of shingle granules and gutters, presence of rot, mold, or moisture. There's three different options for financing available. Are they also offer exceptional interior and exterior painting and sheetrock services. They've had over 10,000 satisfied customers, so I guess they can't be wrong. So give Darren and the crew a call today at 337-237-ROOF. That's 337-237-7663 or visit lafayette-roofing.com. Patriot Steel Group, the guys over at Patriot Steel Group would like to thank all RCAF donors and, and encourage everyone to consider giving any amount they can to support our student athletes and their mission to promote our great university. Of course, friend of the pod, Mr. Chris Russo, this is his new venture. Founded in 2021, the founders of Patriot have over a hundred years of experience collectively in the oil and gas industry. The Patriot Steel Group offers domestic ERW or electric resistance welded and seamless tubulars. We can provide you with quality steel anywhere in the United States from premium alloys to carbon grade. Contact Brandon Gallette or Reed Barbier at 337-443-9296 or visit the Patriot Steel Group LinkedIn page. And once again, that's 337 337- 4439296. Though so that's our sponsors. Thank you so much, guys, for all that you do for the Rage and Review podcast. Go visit any of these three for any of those particular services that you need. So, anyway, let's get started. The Cajuns the other night faced the Buffalo Bulls of the MAC. Uh, the Cajuns took care of business, kind of made it close at the end, but they were victorious by the score of 45 to 38, pushing the Cajuns record to three and one on the season. And unfortunately for Buffalo, they are now 0 and four on the year. Uh, just to talk a little bit about the game, we'll kind of talk a little bit about the positives and negatives. We got most of our emotions out the other night uh, on our post game, and we want to thank, of course, all of the participants in our post game shows. We always appreciate uh, the raw emotion that comes out following a Cajuns, whether it's a Cajuns win or a Cajuns loss. Uh, but luckily for us, we were able to celebrate this win. Uh, some highlights or some some really good stats that stick out: Zion Chris making his debut start. Uh, congratulations to Zion on getting his first victory as a starting quarterback for Louisiana. 
22 of 29. That's 22 completions of 29 attempts, 249 yards, passing one touchdown, two interceptions, which also included 11 rushes for 70 yards and two touchdowns. Great job on for Zeon. Uh, of course, Jacob Cabote and Draylon Washington. Dre, welcome back, buddy. Jacob Cabote went seven carries for 100 yards, two touchdowns with 14.3 yards a carry. And of course, Draylon Washington, 13 carries for 100 yards, 7.9 yards per carry. So the Cajuns had close to 300 yards on the ground again. And uh, not to mention, as far as the passing game goes, again, Zeon threw for 249 yards. Just to give you a little uh taste of spreading the love uh around the field charles robertson robert williams harvey broussard and jacob bernard four of these guys four receptions apiece uh pete leblanc of course had two receptions uh jacob pavoti pierce meagle and terrence carter each had one reception and neil johnson also had one reception which included that one touchdown to start the game i thought they did a great job uh, spreading the ball around especially with a younger receiving core uh zeon did a great job um really reading the field and, and able to make some of those throws uh defensively Kendra Gant, five solo tackles, one sack. Uh, Got to give a shout out to Jasper Williams, seven solo tackles. Uh, Pat Mensa, interception and a pick six. I mean, I, when you really think about it, you know, that one touchdown win, that was the difference in the game if you really want to uh, dig deep into uh, all of the uh, the intricacies of the game. It made a difference making that pick six. And of course, Tyree Skipper with an interception to close the game out and basically allow us to breathe a sigh of relief. So thank you for that, Tyree. Um, so overall, stat-wise, I thought the, the game was played well on the offensive side, the football, over 500 yards of total offense. Defensively, I thought they played a great game, probably like the first three quarters or so, and then they started to, to wear out a little bit, kind of play maybe a softer coverage. But of course, the defense was put in bad positions to end the game, but they were able to get the job done and get that interception to end it. So for the negatives, I have to say, you know, you can't keep making boneheaded mistakes. You can't keep making boneheaded mistakes. You're up 31 to seven in the third quarter. They actually showed that Chandler uh, Fields was on the sideline warming up, pretty much ready to go in. We muff a punt return. Buffalo gets the ball and what happens? They score. Then they score. We get the ball back. Legal block in the back on our, on our kickoff uh, return team you know, get pinned all the way back at our own like five yard line. Zeon tries to throw the ball away, throws an interception. And then what happens? Buffalo gets the ball back, scores again, 14 point turnaround within five minutes. Now you're not looking at a 31 to seven game. Now it's 31, 21 and they're back in it, right? That's going to be something that I'm hoping that the coaching staff really, really, really like regrouped with this week, because moving forward, whether it's Minnesota this week or really deep in the conference after this, you can't make those type of mistakes at that, at that certain part of the game because Buffalo, believe it or not, Nick, Buffalo, those last three losses that they had before playing us, they started to tire out around the third quarter. And you saw it. You saw it when it was 31-7. They started to tire out. We let them back in the game. I'm going to tell you right now, you do that this weekend, it, yeah, you're, you're not going to win in Minneapolis. Not gonna Well, happen. and you've got a team that's hungry to win in Minneapolis after losing like they did last week. Um almost like what happened to us, but special teams, man, we, we say week after week, they got to get it together. They're the ones who put us in a bad position and, and we got to stop kicking the damn ball out of bounds on a kickoff. That is inexcusable. Stop trying to be cute. Try to kick it through the end zone. Leo's got the foot. He's got the leg. We've seen him kick it through the end zone. So don't try to get cute. Don't try to directionally 
you know, um, do a kickoff. Don't try to directionally punt. Just, just, and and for God's sakes, if we have again, I love Jacob Bernard. He had some struggles on the on the punt returns. Just let the ball go. If if, if we're struggling, just let it go. If we give up 10, 15 yards, then so be it. But at least, you know, when you had a 31 to 7 lead or whatever it was, 31 to 3, who cares if you give up 10 yards right there? You got the ball and you can run clock. So we got to be smarter on special teams. That put us in yet again, put us in a bad position toward the end of the game. And uh, again, it's two years in a row where we see we can't really close out games. That's got to start this week on the road at Minnesota. And it's not going to be an easy task, but it's got to get better quickly sooner than later, or it's going to be a disaster. And the thing about it, Nick, is that it's easy. It's, it's, it's correctable. You know, this isn't something that I'm looking at and going, oh my gosh, like our season's done because we can't correct these things. This is going to be permanent. These are fixable errors. These are things that if you run it at drill, maybe a little more than you do or overemphasize it a little bit more than you do at a regular practice, that's something, you know, it's repetition. It's repetition, right? For example, the onside kick. I was going to say, know, Terry's I mean, saying that the season's over, <laughs> but we're not saying the season's <laughs> over. If we Terry, could be listening, I love you, bud. We could be like nine and oh, and you know, and Terry would be like, oh, I don't know, man. He's, he's got CDS worse than we do, and he's a former <laughs> he does. player. He lived but, but we love, we love Terry. But anyway, you know, like for an example, the onside kick, okay, that that's football IQ. When, when the ball comes rolling towards you and it's not even 10 yards and you try to go and get it right that that that's that's simple fundamentals like that's something you should know at learn at practice and you should learn that when you're looking at film and you should learn the the basics of how to field an onside kick or be on the lookout for where the ball is i mean that that's simple concepts so you know that's i think that's the most frustrating thing with the mistakes we made it's it's all fundamental stuff it's all it's simple all fundamentals concepts. and it's all stuff they know right it's all stuff they know we're not saying anything that they don't know but no. they've got to execute. Correct. Correct. And I think, again, I I, I, I mean, look, it, it's going to have to be fixable quickly um, going into this week. I mean, really fast. Um, and so I'm curious to see how much we improve on that on that aspect, because, I mean, just those two or three careless errors, you let a team back in the game up 24 points. Look, it's just attention to detail, Jerry. And we say yeah. it week after week. It's attention to detail. We got to start doing the little things, not get penalized and play better on special teams because we haven't been. Well, I mean, if you look at the, the Billy Napier days, right? I mean, we won those close games because we didn't make those small tidbit errors. And it, we closed out. Accumulate. Yeah, we were able course. to close out the games because was, of it. Right. We were usually making the other team make mistakes. And right. We were right. the ones that were crisp. Now, granted, I like the fact one good thing under the Dez era is this was actually his first win, I think, by single digits, if I'm not mistaken. So all of his wins so far have been by double digits. That is one good thing that Dez has brought is at least when we win, we win convincingly for the most part. So we're not sweating it out until like the very last second. So I guess that's a good thing. You know, we were frustrated uh, after the UAB game because uh, <laughs> we, we gave up 18 points, but it was also 41 to three. So like, right, it's like, okay. exactly. It's a 20-point win, right? I mean, I would have loved to have a 20-point win under the Napier era. But with that said, you know, of course, Billy won as many games as he did. I would love to win. And we did win. against App State, if you remember. We, we, we did. kicked their butts pretty pretty. We good. did. I would like to win as many of those games, but then by 15 or more, right? That would be just – that would be even better. But anyway, uh, any final thoughts on the Buffalo game that you that you saw? No, you know, and again, we were, we were upset. There. We were upset after the game just by the way that the game ended. But I think – Again, we've got to learn every week. We're a young team, so um, 
cheers for the win and let's get better. Got to get better quick. I love the fact that the offense is clicking right now. I, I, I haven't seen this much explosiveness in a very long time consistently where you have the run game getting almost 200 yards or 300 yards on the ground two weeks in a row. You've got Zeon right now who, I mean, even though he made those few mistakes with those interceptions, I mean, the first one was a miscommunication. The second one was a freshman mistake, right? He threw the ball a little too little too shallow, should have thrown it a little harder out of bounds. That's something he can learn at, at at practice he can just right. learn how to throw it harder out of bounds and i think so, he knows he made that mistake i mean it's yeah, not like yeah. something he tried to force he just right. literally underthrew the ball he should have thrown it higher and out of bounds so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna give him a, a mulligan on that one and we're gonna see some head scratchers from him throughout the season because he's learning um this is a new environment at, at, at minneapolis this, this week so um it's they're play they play in minneapolis right Am That's I right? correct, right outside okay. the city, yeah. Yeah, so so it's going to be a different environment. I don't know if it's going to be a huge crowd just because they're not having the season that they expect, but it will be very different for him coming in as his first start on the road. Uh, we'll see how he responds. And, and again, we're not going to get frustrated if he makes a couple of mistakes. We're expecting it. But um, look, I think the most talented quarterback on the field this Saturday is is on our sideline, and he's starting for us. So uh, we'll get into that in a little bit and talk about uh, the the two QBs that'll be uh, playing next week. Yeah, it'll be interesting, and you know we have some stats on on uh, on Minnesota's quarterback as well, um, and we'll talk a little bit about their team. But anyway, so yeah, let's move on to the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So uh, again, we'll close out the chapter. You know, the Cajuns beat Buffalo. You know, that was a good win at Cajun Field. Um, I, it was pretty much everything that we expected. You know, some high scores, uh, a few mistakes here and there, one or two, one of maybe a little too many mistakes more than we would be comfortable with but at the same time i think the team learned a lot uh they learned how to hold on to the lead number one uh they learned how to make big big plays when it mattered and i also thought that they did a really good job offensively just kind of mixing it up a lot of their stat lines came from both the pass and the run and um you know a lot of receivers a lot of different receivers younger receivers got to touch the ball a lot more than than you know than we expected, which is great. I mean, they, they're going to, you know, looking at guys like Robert Williams, seeing guys like Terrence Carter, uh, I mean, Harvey Broussard as a true freshman, what a, what a player, man. And how, how do you, how do you not love he and Zion having that chemistry? And I know Zion goes to him maybe a little too much, but that's good to see, man. It's so good to see that you have two guys who are young running together. That's amazing. They're freshmen. That's amazing. I mean, you know how exciting that is to see two young guys like that have that type of chemistry this fast. I mean, no, it's exciting, Jerry, but but you get scared because can we hold on to them? You know, I know. Um, that, that's the scary part. And I don't want to get in. Minds. I don't want to get into the NIL deal, but it is something you have to think about. These guys are so good, so young. It scares the crap out of me because you know that the, he's got coaches right now from other programs in his DMs trying to illegally recruit him, and nobody's doing anything about it. So they're going to keep doing it. Stay away, you crazy vultures! Go away. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, yeah, the Cajuns, good win the other day, three and one on the year. Um, I mean, let's be honest, you know, this team is still growing. This team is still maturing. They're still fairly young. Um, I mean, you know, we're, we're in the first uh, third of the season, uh, three and one. I mean, is that what you kind of expected this early on in the year, Nick? Yeah, I think I I don't think I expected it to be the the ODU loss, but yeah, it's kind of where I expected us to be three, three, one, four, oh, um, either way, happy. Yeah, I'm happy too. I'm pretty satisfied with it. I think the the beauty of the ODU loss was how we responded against UAB. Uh, it, I, I kind of looked at it from the opposite angle, where I, if we would have lost the game, I would have expected it more towards UAB rather Agreed. than ODU. That's where I was going but, with it. 
And I think a lot, look, let's be honest. A lot of us were, including me, we were in panic mode after that loss at ODU. I mean, we were kind of freaking out a little bit because you look at ODU and you're like, how did we lose that in that way to them? And then you go to UAB and you, you blow them out. I mean, that was a blowout. And so, you know, to come back to Lafayette and, and play, uh, you know, obviously Buffalo's not as good record-wise, but they're not a bad team on paper. And um, they score. They, they do they put do. up points. So, you know, uh, us, us freaking out. Look, it's not – I think we have all are, all are agreeing that it was not the defense last weekend. It was definitely the offense. Uh, I'm sorry, the special teams. But what I did like to see is the fact that we're going up against a team – in Minnesota that doesn't score a whole lot of points. Right. And so that right. to me gives me a little confidence on our defense that they'll be able to go out and and do some damage against Minnesota and we're like the number 4 team for sacks in the country right now I believe is where we are. We have so, the most sacks in the country too by the way. Okay, well then it, yeah. then it's the most sacks in the country, but uh I, I think you have to have a little confidence on our defense going into the Minnesota game. Now, we're going to talk about their offensive line. That worries me a little bit because we're going to be uh, outmanned there because their guys average like six, seven, three twenty-five on the offensive it's, line. It's a Big Ten offensive line. I mean, it's that's, some that's big what boys, and they're fast. Yeah. And I watched them play. I watched some of the tape against Northwestern, and uh, they didn't lose because of their offensive line. Uh, so I, I'm just going to put that out there. They, they had some defensive lapses and they had some special teams lapses that really cost them in that game. But their offensive line get some push and their running back is pretty good too. His name escapes me right now, but I think Darius he's Taylor. Yeah. Taylor, but I, I'm we're mm -hmm. still not sure if he's playing against us. Cause he got, he got hurt hey. late in the game against Northwestern. So he's yes. questionable for a start this yes. week. Yes. Yeah, so well, let's hope he's out. Cause they have Michigan the following week. Let's hope they rest him from Michigan. Right? <laughs> yeah. But, go ahead and overlook us. We're good yeah, with that. Don't, don't, we're totally yeah, fine he could, with that. He could sit out. He could sit out. But anyway, so yes, the Cajuns will travel to Minnesota to take on the Gophers uh, of Minnesota or the Minnesota code and Gophers of the big 10 conference. Uh, they will take them on at 11 AM this Saturday morning. You can watch the game either on the big 10 network, or you can listen on hot 1079 or 1033 the goat. Uh, that's where you can get all the coverage uh, for this game. So let's talk a little bit about the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So the, this is the fourth meeting between the two schools with Minnesota winning all of the previous three games. Uh, the last meeting was in 2003 in Minneapolis with the Minnesota Golden Gophers defeating the Cajuns. Uh, Minnesota is coached by Coach P.J. Fleck, who's in his seventh year. Uh, as you all know, Coach Fleck is known to uh, be Mr. Row the Boat. Uh, he's done a really good job there. Uh, he has a 46 and 29 record. If you recall, he came from Western Michigan where, uh, that last year he was there, they went undefeated in the regular season and he actually brought Western Michigan to the cotton bowl where they dropped the close one to Wisconsin. So much respect for him. He's a great coach and uh, he's done a great job at Minnesota. Uh, last year they went nine and four, which is pretty much kind of their they go. They win usually between seven and nine games. They're kind of in the middle, upper echelon of the of the Big Ten. Uh, they went nine and four last year, which ended the season with a win in the Pinstripe Bowl at Yankee Stadium against Syracuse by the score of twenty-eight to twenty. So they have expectations coming into this year, but right now they have a two and two record. Uh, as we talked about, a heartbreaking loss last week for them to the Northwestern Wildcats on the road in Illinois. And so they're going to try to come in to redeem themselves this week against the Cajuns. But maybe this is an opportunity while they're down a little bit where the Cajuns can bring their momentum into Minneapolis and kind of keep them down. So let's hope that happens. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Minnesota uh, 
Gopher football team as far as their personnel. Like you mentioned, uh, there will be a a, a quarterback duo. Uh, you've got Zeon, who is more or less a kind of a dynamic dual threat. And of course, you've got redshirt sophomore quarterback for the Gophers, number eight, Ethan Kaliak Manis. Good job. I was what wondering if you were going to be able to Kaliak Manis. But you I was funny, funny because... I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the highlights, and it kept saying Kaliak Manis, and I'm thinking it's his full name. And then I look at his name, and I'm like, "Huh, okay, cool." So yes, uh, Ethan Kaliak Manis is their quarterback. Uh, he has 59 completions out of 107 attempts. He's thrown three touchdowns for three and three interceptions. He's thrown a total of uh, 599 yards passing, with 149 yards per game through four games. Uh, so he's kind of He's a little bit of a dual threat. I think he's a he's he's it's a, he's a first year starter, if I'm not mistaken. So he's kind of learning the ropes. Last year he came in on the road in Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, basically won the game for him in Wisconsin. So that's where he kind of had his breakout party. Um, he could throw the ball well. He looks like he's still kind of learning the game, learning the system a little bit. But when he gets on, he's on. So uh, he's a good young quarterback. Uh, we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on him. But of course like we were talking about, it's their running back, uh, freshman Darius Taylor. Now, Darius was ranked number 12, according to Rivals.com, in the country out of high school. True freshman. Uh, right now, he has six yards per carry. He's got 87 carries for 532 yards rushing, which is third in all of college football right now. That includes four touchdowns, and that is 133 yards per game on the ground. So he's very impressive. Like we talked about, there may be a chance that he, he may not play or he's questionable. He did get hurt uh, at the end of that Northwestern game. Uh, I wish him well. I hope he, he's okay, but at the same time, I also hope he doesn't play against us because he is very good. He's I hope he's okay on Sunday. Man. I hope Sunday yeah. he's feeling yes. as great as he can. But I until hope he's then... ready to go at Sunday practice <laughs> after after we we take on each other. Uh, so Darius is pretty much their star running back. Uh, right behind him is number two, Sean Tyler. He has 30 carries for uh, 136 yards with no touchdowns. He's a fifth year senior transfer from, uh, of course, PJ Flex former school, Western Michigan. Uh, 4.5 yards per carry. He has around 45 yards per game rushing. Uh, the receiving core, led by number four, Corey Crooms, a fifth-year senior, another transfer from Western Michigan. So I feel like Western Michigan to Louisiana is like Minnesota to Florida. Like our guys go to Florida, all of Western Michigan's guys Correct. Go, to, go to Minnesota. Uh, he's a really good wide receiver. Um, again, a fifth-year senior from Western Michigan, 16 receptions, 196 total yards, uh, 12 0.25 yards um, per reception, about 49 yards um, a game in, in receiving yards, uh, no touchdowns. And uh, number nine, J Daniel Jackson, another receiver. He's a senior, 15 receptions, 163 yards. That's 10 yards per catch, two touchdowns, 40 receiving yards per game. And also keep an eye on redshirt sophomore wide receiver, Lameek Brockington, number zero, five receptions, 73 yards, one touchdown, 14.6 yards per catch, 18.25 receiving yards per game. So offensively, they're actually pretty talented. You can tell they spread the ball around. Looking at their footage, Nick, they kind of run a sort of a balanced pro style offense. You'll see um, you'll see Kaliak Manis go under center a few times with a single back. You sometimes run a stretch to, to Darius Taylor, and then sometimes you've seen them line up in the shotgun kind of like we do. 
and they'll yeah. spread it out. And very he mixed, wants, very he's, mixed. He wants to be in the pocket. He doesn't want to have to run. Now he can, but he is definitely a pro-style quarterback. Um, has a little problem anticipating routes and throwing his receivers open. I noticed that over the last couple of games. But they're only scoring 21 points a game, you know? Mm -hmm. So offensively, yeah. mm. But you don't want to let you don't want to get them going, right? Defensively Correct. for us, we don't want to get them going because that's the type of offense that can explode at any time, and, and we don't want to be the 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 lighter that lights their fuse. And so, I think they're kind of one of those type of offenses that they're not really that up tempo, but they're all about ball control. If you look at some of their highlights, they you know they hold the ball pretty well. They know how to extend drives. Their run game kind of dictates what they do. Sometimes they'll spread it out, but for the most part. They want to beat you in the trenches. It's kind of like what Billy ran with us. Even though we were kind of a run-balanced attack, we like beating teams in the trenches. That's how they do it. They slow the game down. That's yeah. their offense. I think they're ranked number one or two in time of possession in the entire country. So it they shows. definitely right. And 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 it shows, it shows in the fact that they only allow 21 points a game. So they're scoring 21 points and they're allowing 21 points. Their defense is good. Um, they've got a, a really experienced, uh, very well respected uh defensive coordinator. Uh, on their sideline and look he's he's got he's he's got them rolling now joe rossi is his name um last week was definitely out of the ordinary so don't judge them by what they did against northwestern and they're again big in the trenches d line is 6'4 285 average uh just like their offensive line i said 6'6 6, 6'7 6, 325 so like you said a big big 10 trenches <laughs> you know for for minnesota not surprising uh, but those guys get get off the ball really, really quickly. And it's going to be a challenge for us to score points. But again, I think if if you have to look at the two quarterbacks on the field, Zeon Chris, he is 40th in passing efficiency. And Kaliak Manis is 115th. So I think that's where we're going to have an advantage. But then again, are we going to have our young receivers able to get behind their D, their, their defensive backs? Because... Uh, Northwestern was able to do that, but later in the game, they were patient. Later in the game, they were able to get behind the defensive backs. And I don't know if they just ran out of steam or just blown coverage, but some guys from Northwestern were wide open late in that game. I'm talking wide open. So hopefully we can be patient. Our young guys don't get frustrated if they're not making catches in the first half and they've got some good coverage. We just got to stick to our game plan and and I saw on the presser, I think today, Des said that they wanted to come out with a, a high-tempo offense to, to get things started, which I think is good. But then again, we have to be careful with that because we know how Minnesota likes to control the clock. So we also need to eat up some minutes off of that clock as well. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out. I think this is a very evenly matched game. It'll be uh, It'll be fun to watch. So, yeah, so let's move on to defense real quick because, to your point, you know, they have a really good front seven. Um, you know, their secondary, I notice, is really, really fast. They're very athletic, but sometimes they play out of position. They're very similar to us. A lot of athleticism, but there's always those one, one or two assignments that escape them, and before you know it, they'll give up a score or two. That actually happened to them against North Carolina. A lot of those touchdowns, they were beat over the top. So that might create a golden opportunity for us uh if you look at their eastern michigan matchup eastern michigan even though they only scored six points they were able to run the football on them but where minnesota beat them in that game to your point nick was their time of possession i, I mean i think des said the other day in his press conference about the up tempo that you just mentioned eastern michigan only ran like 45 plays we run close to wow. 70 or 80. 
But to your point, it's because of time of possession. Correct. But if you notice, if you look at their highlights against Eastern Michigan, Eastern Michigan ran the ball on them. They actually moved the football on them. And I, I know for a fact our rushing attack is just as good, if not better, than theirs. Yeah, I'll so give we're going to have some, some opportunities. Stats. I'll give you some stats there. We are fourth in rushing offense. Minnesota is 37th in rushing offense. We are 50, excuse me, we are 63rd in passing offense. Minnesota is 121 in passing offense. So again, they want to run the ball. They're not going to beat you necessarily over the top unless we, you know, get caught out of out of position. Um, as far as passing yards allowed, we're 53rd in the country. Minnesota is 99th in the country in passing yards allowed. And then in uh, rushing defense, Minnesota is 44th. So they do stop the run. They just, again, uh, I think Eastern Michigan had a pretty good game plan against them. And then uh, we are 63rd in rushing defense. So if you're looking, and again, small sample size, we're only four games into the season. Um, if you're just looking at the stats, as far as the rushing game goes, we should have a good rushing game against them. But again, you know, you, you got to play the game. That's why we don't play like Madden and according to stats, you got to actually go out there and play the game. But again, what I do like is the fact that we're 63rd in passing offense versus their 121. That to me is going to be a big difference. And then you look at the passing yards allowed by Minnesota, as we're talking about defense, 99th in passing yards allowed. Look, if Zion is Zion able to be poised like he was last week, if he is, then I think that bodes well for us. Matchup wise, I like it. I think matchup wise, offensively, we match well against their defense based on those statistics. And it's actually funny you mentioned that because I have these same the same rankings written down. Thank you so much for doing that. That's fantastic. See, great minds think alike, Nick. I'm glad we duplicated our work instead of just talking to each other. Hey, no, that's good though. That's good because it goes to show you, like, we're we're honestly, it's it's interesting research on this team because you know, when you go play a P5, anytime you go play a big name P5 school, a lot of times you're going to be outmatched. You're going to be outnumbered. You're going to be out this, out that. With Minnesota, it's a little bit different. No disrespect to the Gophers, but this is a team that, you know, they play Nebraska close, which really in essence, Nebraska kind of outplayed them. You know, they, they, they should have won that game. Then they play Eastern Michigan. And, and even though the score showed that it was a, a 20 plus point win, they still, Eastern Michigan still played them well. They just couldn't score at the right time and capitalize at the right time. Then you look at North Carolina. North Carolina just beat them, right? And then you look at last week's game where, you know, Northwestern, they should have won that game. I mean, they're up three scores and at 21 points in the third, and they find a way to lose. So all of these games, when I look at it, don't get me wrong, they're a good football team, but so are we right? So are we. So I'm looking at this game and I'm like, you know, if we get rid of some of these goofy boneheaded mistakes, and that's actually, we'll talk about keys to victory. And that's one of mine. You get rid of these boneheaded mistakes, these careless mistakes. We have a shot to beat this team. We can go there and win. And I hope our players understand that. And I know our coaching staff understands that, but I hope our players believe that because this is a very winnable game. Very yeah, winnable game. I, I'm not concerned about them being going into Minnesota, not thinking they can win. I think this, the the Sunbelt Conference as a whole has changed that narrative. And I think, like I said last week, it's an expectation that you go in and win these games. Now, if we're playing against, I don't know, who's number one in the country? Is it Ohio like State? If we're going and playing Ohio against State Ohio State, or Michigan, yeah. Right. Then right. I think we can, USC. you know, there, there's going to be an intimidation just by seeing the name on the schedule. But I think when you're going into a, a game like uh, Minnesota, where they have a lot of the same struggles that we've had, 
and you look at the stats comparison and you're thinking, okay, well, damn, we're, we're a lot better than they are at some of these things. Then you're not scratching your head going, well, how the heck are we going to beat these guys? We know how we can beat these guys. It's, it's, it's not rocket science. We're talking about it today. You limit the mistakes, you play your game, you come out there with the W. But will we do it is the question. Will we limit our mistakes? Because, again, you're on the road. You're going to be in a tough environment. You're playing a Big Ten team. You can't do stupid things like turn the ball over at the 20-yard line or, or you know drive in with seven seconds left on the clock, and instead of just running it down to, to take a field goal, you try to fade in the corner and you, you get intercepted. Or you kick the damn ball out of bounds on a kickoff. Or you drop a punt. We cannot afford you do that against them and you might lose by 30 points. And well, everybody's like, well, it's a, it's a blowout. That's what happened when I, when I mentioned Nebraska had their chances. I mean, they had the ball like on Minnesota's five yard line with like, I don't know, uh, 20 seconds left in the first half. Well, their quarterback rolls out. What does he do? He forces a pass in the end zone. It's intercepted. Just like our game against Buffalo, that's three points they left off the board and they lost by three on a last second field goal. Uh, same thing. You know, last week against Northwestern, uh, you know, if people are wondering how Northwestern made a comeback and forced it into overtime, Northwestern had to march the ball down like 70 yards, like with like 30 seconds left. They scored from like 12 yards out on a seam route as time expired in regulation to force it into overtime. So these close games that that Minnesota is experiencing, it, it, it just goes to show you one or two plays here and there have made a big difference from their two and two record. And it's against teams that I think, you know, when it comes to Northwestern and Nebraska, the Cages could play with both of those teams. Heck, I think the Cages could be both of those teams anyway. Oh, dude, N Nebraska know? against Louisiana Tech didn't look all that impressive. And Louisiana no. Tech is a bad football team. They're not that good. They're so, not the tech that we're used to. Yeah. So, uh, and, and you know, it's so funny because when Minnesota was playing Nebraska, and you're watching the game, and I'm thinking this ain't a great game. Like there, there's a ton of stuff that. If two Sunbelt schools were playing on TV, they, they'd be talking about, you know, I, I think one of the games the other day had a, had a, in the middle of the game, they're showing the two commentators playing golf. All right. That's how unengaged the play-by-play the -play and color guy were with that game. So that would have been happening if Nebraska versus Minnesota was a Sunbelt game. But because it's a Big Ten, they're like, man, this is one of the greatest kickoffs to football season all, you know, in several years. And it's well, like, no, this is terrible. <laughs> Didn't didn't Georgia Southern go to Lincoln, Nebraska, and beat? Then they beat Nebraska last year. Last yeah, year, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, they I, I, beat well, somebody and we, did, and we beat Georgia Southern by two scores. So it just kind of you know, I, of course, we play the transitive property, but it goes to show you that even teams that are in our league now, we've seen it. The Sun Belt is a dangerous league when it comes to being sort of that that spoiler, and that's why I think when you look at those sort of middle of the pack Big Ten schools, middle of the pack P five schools. We could compete with most of them, you know, really to me, this is, this game to me is mental. This is a mental game. You know, uh, a few fans we talked to, even Josh, we were talking to Josh and he said, you know, you're go these younger guys on our team are going to a hostile environment. You know, you're going to have 50,000 screaming fans. You've never played in an environment like that. Same thing with Zeon, but also I've seen the other side of it where I've seen our team shut up a crowd. I've seen our team go to a place with 80 plus score on them and you can hear a pin drop in the stadium. I mean, I don't want to talk about that Florida game, but it's true you know, though. You, it's how true. quiet was it in the swamp when we were, you know, tied in that ball game with a couple seconds left? 
I mean, they and were that team. They were number six in the country and went yeah. to the Sugar Bowl that year. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it can happen. You just have to be confident and have the mental toughness and the mental capacity to understand that we can we can play with these guys. Yeah, and I'm and not, I think, yeah, I, I think if say, they get, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm not, again, I just want to say, I'm not at all worried about them having the mental toughness going in. I'm just worried about them being focused and, and cutting out, like you said, those mental errors. I think that's, we're going to talk about the keys to the game. That's it. I mean, that, totally to agree. me, that's no, totally it. Agree. Execute that's on offensive true. defense and cut out the stupid crap, and and you come out there with a W. So, so just for reference, some key players to look out for for Minnesota uh, on defense. Uh, you've got linebacker who's a redshirt freshman. He actually leads the team in tackles. Number six, uh, Maverick uh, Baron Baronowski. He's a pretty good linebacker. I mean, he's got 28 total tackles. He has one sack, three. Uh, tackles for loss. Uh, keep an eye on him. He's going to be kind of the, the anchor of their defense. He's done a great job. You've got senior defensive lineman Danny Strigau, uh, 22 total tackles, three sacks, four tackles for loss. So those are two guys that I think we're going to be watching film on. If you can kind of make sure those guys stay away from our backfield, uh, I think we'll be okay. Uh, in the secondary, you've got Darius Green, who's a redshirt sophomore. Uh, defensive back, 23 total tackles, two tackles for loss. Uh, I got to watch him in some of the highlights. He's fast, very athletic. Uh, he's, he, he's, a, he, he's a ball sniffer. He can sniff the ball well. You've got uh, number 20, who's a senior defensive back, Jack Henderson. He's a transfer from southeastern Louisiana. So a local guy from Mandeville uh, went to school in Hammond for a little bit. 23 total tackles, one tackles for loss, and one interception. And if Zion wants to be careful on throwing the ball, keep an eye out on number 27, Tyler Newbin. He's already got two interceptions on the year. He's a fifth-year senior defensive back with 15 total tackles. So I wanted to mention some of those names just to kind of be on the lookout when we're on offense. If you see, you know, Baranowski make a tackle, Estrigo make a tackle. Those are the type of guys. That's their key players on defense. If we could contain those guys, I think we can move the football. But they've got, look, their their front seven's good. They've got size. They've got athleticism. Again, their secondary's fast. They're very quick on the ball, but they're they can make some mistakes. Yeah. They're mistake prone. Very sim again, very similar to us sometimes. I'm I also like the game behind the game, and it will be interesting to see the coaching defensively from from their sideline with Joe Rossi with all this experience he has you know all these accolades very well known and Lamar on our sideline and what he does and makes adjustments and how he handles this game so it's going to kind of be like the old guy versus the young guy you know the 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 new kid on the block versus the well-established defensive coordinator uh it it's going to be fun to watch and kind of keep that in mind when you're looking at the two defenses on who's going to win that battle this weekend. Um, so, yeah, again, just a little note out there. Uh, obviously, have a, a ton of respect. I've heard of Joe Rossi before. I think a lot of people have heard of that name. And, um, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to watch. So, so Nick, I got some some quick miscellaneous stats. You know, we talked about the stats with the, with our with the offense and defense. Um, there are a few stats that I decided to write down. It kind of goes it, because it goes hand in hand with what we talk about about making mistakes, keeping the mental toughness, uh, not doing anything anything ridiculous that's going to come back to bite us. Um, so, just for reference, I took some stats down. So we talked about fumbling, right? A lot of our guys have uh, running backs. You know, we we fumbled one too many times so far this year. Right now, uh, Louisiana is 129th 
and fumbles lost. We have lost the ball six times due to fumbles. Minnesota is tied for 17th. They've only lost the ball once to fumbles. Um, as far as penalties go, oh, and by the way, fumbles lost. We're 129th. Guess who's dead last? Troy. They've oh, wow. lost the ball seven times through their fumbles. So that's that's definitely uh, something we're after, you know, goes to discipline. Don't fumble the football. Don't do anything ridiculous. Uh, penalties. Louisiana is tied for 70th. We have 25 penalties on the year through four games. Minnesota's tied for fifth, 13 penalties. So penalty-wise, they're a little more disciplined than we are. Uh, fumbles, we talked about um, how we've lost the ball too many times to fumbles, but including interceptions in there. Uh, turnovers lost, we're tied for 118th. Uh, we have turned the ball over 10 times, and Minnesota is tied for 50th. Uh, with only five turnovers uh, lost. And then last but not least, I'll give a fun fact. Like you said, with sacks, we have 18 total sacks on the year. That's the most in the country. And Minnesota has 11, which puts them at 33rd. So it kind of brings me into the keys to the game. Um, we can't keep losing the ball. Can't keep fumbling, right? Can't can't commit stupid penalties when the when it matters after making a big play or do something ridiculous on defense like we did against ODU a few times, you know, third down defense, you pass interference or a ridiculous unnecessary roughness or a ridiculous hold. You do not want to let them extend drives. That's where I think the penalties and the fumbles come in is every time we do something good, it's that one step forward, two steps back mentality. That's to me, that that's your difference maker. Those two stats right there where we turn the ball over and commit penalties against a really disciplined Minnesota team, they are disciplined. To me, that's the make it or break it to whether or not we want to win this football game. Yeah, and I think something else that, that we want to do, and I agree to your keys, those were going to be my keys, uh, you're going to want to get some some good field position and also limit their field position because obviously they want to run the clock out. So we want to pin them back as best we can and try to force a three and out. Because if you let them extend those drives, we're not going to get our, our hands on the ball all that much and have opportunities to score. So I think I think you've got to uh, you've got to play the field position battle again this week. Like I said, we needed to do last week, which we did for half half the game. We did a really good job, and then you know crap the bed the rest of the the game. But we gotta get <laughs> yeah. we gotta limit their field position, um, put them in in situations where they have to go third and long, um, and I think you know defensively. We've got to stop the run, obviously. Again, we don't know if their star running back is going to be in the game or not, but we've got to stop the run and then try to force uh, Kaliak Manis out of the pocket because, again, he's a pro-style quarterback. He can run, but I don't think he wants to run. He can, he can, he can gain some yards, but that's definitely not his forte. So you want to try to flush him out the pocket and, and try to force him into a mistake. Uh, so I think... Uh, again, those things, and but we can talk about that all day. If we continue to make these mistakes and pin ourselves back, and 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 you know our special teams lets us down, then it doesn't matter what we do. It that's going to come back to bite us this week. So I think more than anything, we've got to play disciplined and we've got to be smart. And our special teams have to play. Look, I'm not saying they got to blow it out the water, but they've got to have a decent game. That's all I'm asking for. Have a decent game. Don't put our, ourselves in a position to 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 give anything to, to Minnesota because I guarantee you Minnesota's going to take it if you give it to them. 
Well, it's simple. Don't muff punts on your own 10-yard line. Don't kick the ball out of bounds and give them the ball on the 35 or 40 or whatever it is, which you give them good field position, right? You know, if they onside kick it, make sure the ball goes 10 yards before you try to recover it. I mean, it's simple things. It's simple fundamental, you know, concepts. So, uh, no, to your point, I mean, you make those mistakes against a team like this, you are going to lose. You're not going to win. You have to play mistake-free football, not in a way where – you play a perfect game, but you can't make mistakes on the easy stuff. The, like I talk about low-hanging fruit, don't muff the punt. Don't, 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 don't kick the ball out of bounds, right? Make your field goals, which Kenny's been doing, right? Um, you know, don't commit penalties on third down. By the way, that, they've, that, got, they've also got a good field goal kicker. He hit a 50-yarder last week, so he's, he's, he's pretty good. good as well. He's a lefty too, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he's a lefty. So yeah, it's like like a little Janikowski. But anyway, so what are your so we talked about the keys to the game, but what are your specific three keys to the game? Um, okay. Uh, be better on special teams, number one. Number two, uh, I mean, I just said all this, but I'll be more specific. Uh, we've got to limit uh what's his name? Kaliak Manis, uh yeah. in, in the passing game. I think we've again got to flush him out the pocket. So Got to limit him and his opportunities and hopefully create uh, a turnover there. And then number three, well, that's probably number three. Number two is going to be to limit their their running game because that's really where they want to beat us. They're going to want to control the clock. They're going to want to run the ball down their throats. They're going to want to use that huge offensive line to dominate. So if we're able to limit the run game, um, limit the opportunities for, for him to pass and then not make the silly mistakes, I think you'll be in a good position at the end of the game. No, it's good points. Um, I mean, my three keys to the game, score early, get the crowd out of it. You know, you know, Des talks about the the up-tempo offense. This is an opportunity early on to to keep the up-tempo offense, get on the scoreboard early on, whether it's tying them or taking the lead. Just show that we we showed up and we can move the ball on you and we're going to move the ball on you and make a statement. Uh, I think that's a way that you know, that's going to build confidence in into this team. I think that's going to uh, kind of rejuvenate, rejuvenate the the sideline a little bit and make them realize, you know what, we're going to play, we're, we're going to go toe-to-toe with these guys today. Uh, so that that's definitely number one, score early. And again, no, my number two, no boneheaded mistakes. I know I've said that like 10 times. Don't do anything careless. Don't do anything crazy. Just stick with the basics. Stick with the basic fundamentals, you know. That it's so important in a game like this. So no mistakes, no crazy mistakes. Again, you're gonna give up a cover, you're gonna give up a pass coverage every once in a while. You're gonna miss a block, you're gonna miss a tackle. But the costly self-inflicted turnovers and the costly self-inflicted penalties when it matters that that halts drives or extends their drives, can't do that. Gotta be disciplined. Gotta be disciplined and keep the mental mental aspect and the mental toughness there. And number three, like you said, same point as you, Nick, limit their run. You limit their run game and you force Calic Manis to throw the football. I'm feeling really, really good. And I know our defense is feeling really good if they do that. Very similar to UAB. Remember, Jacob Zeno. You know, we knew he could go over the top, but you know, Coach Lamar Morgan and his staff against UAB, they limited those uh intermediate routes. They couldn't throw. What happens? Zeno freaks out. We sack him seven times, right? If we could do something like that against that run game and halt Darius Taylor, well, actually, I kind of hope Darius Taylor doesn't play. I think we all do. Again, hope for a fast recovery. Just don't play. (laughs) If we can halt him and limit him, that would be huge because he's pretty much the bow cow of that offense. He's the one that really keeps that offense going. So definitely limit the run. So that's my three keys to the game. But anyway, um, any more thoughts on Minnesota, Nick? No. um, 
No, I mean, I think we've said it all. Again, it's not rocket science. We're not saying anything that that they're not thinking tonight. Uh, hope we have have a good following in Minnesota. I saw Keith Andrews said he's going to the game. I know a couple of other fans are going as well. So I think, again, you just play your game. You know, Zeon, if he continues to be poised in the pocket, takes opportunities to run the ball when he can, um, continues to flash his greatness with his legs. Uh, I think we we are in a good position to uh, to pull this off on Saturday. You know, I'm very surprised, um, and we talked about this early on, but I had the chance, like I said, to go to their message boards and kind of read their thoughts on this upcoming game, what they thought as far as the mindset about us, uh, the mindset about their football program. And, and you're right, Nick, there's a lot of apathy there. But I was very surprised. There's a score prediction thread uh, on one of their sites. And I mean, usually in the past, whenever we would play somebody, especially a P5, you know, we had a few predictions. I think one of them predicted, I mean, I laughed when I saw it. Uh, they predicted Minnesota to beat us 55 nothing. I saw another one, uh, 40 to 3, 43 0. Like you get a few of those where you're just like, okay, that's ridiculous. That's insane. But then you look at most of their scoring predictions. And of course, most of them are picking the Gophers to win. But here are just some, just some examples 27 18, 27 20, 14 13. 31-21, 31-20, 27-24, and somebody actually picked us to beat them, 29-24 Cajuns. Number one, that's respect. But number two, I think they're a little worried, some of their fans. I think some of their fans are a little concerned about this game against us. After how they performed last week, I mean, I would be too. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that was a heartbreaker. And I'm sure had we lost the game against Buffalo, we, we'd have that same feeling going into this game. So, um, yeah, no, I, I do think, look, we've, we've suffered through so much as a fan base. If you've been through the Baldwin era and you've been through all those losing years and, and we won six games in like seven years, you know, something crazy like that. And then you are now playing teams that are, you know, allegedly just light years ahead of you and their fans are, are, are kind of, I wouldn't say worried, but they're respecting you enough to say that this is not going to be a blowout. That tells you how far we've come as a program, but also how far we've come as a conference. And I will stress that over and over again, that the expectation now is that we win these games. And I credit, I do credit Dr. Maggard and the fact that, you know, sometimes we look at our home schedule and go, Oh, we're playing another Mac team. But he's scheduling games against Power 5 conference schools that in any given year we could beat. Look, Florida State, when we scheduled them, I guarantee you they were a beatable team. Now, nobody knew that they would blow up and be what Florida State was last year. But I think Dr. Baggard has done a really good job of making these money games something that we could go like Iowa State. We went on the road and beat them. I, I, I think that's what that that's a great way of scheduling these Power 5 I will always use the the quotation mark because that's such a BS categorization of those teams. But he he had the right idea on this is a winnable game on the road for us. And again, I think just the respect that that we had going to Iowa State and doing what we did and and as a as a conference doing what we do year in and year out and upsetting these teams. And now we're the we're the favorite in some of those games, right? We're favored in, and we were favored in the game against Virginia Tech last week. So 
it just goes to show you how far we've come, not only as a program, but as a conference. And when other other prognosticators are saying, well, you know, in the next round of realignment, AAC is going to go after App State and this team and that team. Uh, who would want to go to to the AAC at this point? I think we're we're the t- conference to beat, and I think it shows in the respect that we get from other schools now. I mean, you look at App State, right? Okay, so we just talked about North Carolina dominating Minnesota. I think the final score was like thirty-one to thirteen. App State took North Carolina to overtime within a. They should have won that damn that game. game. And should have won the game. So, again, you, you see the parity. It's very, very close between schools like that and us. And so that's why now, you know, because of the expectation for these type of P5, I mean, I don't know if you call them upsets anymore, but the expectation that this conference has to go and compete against those sort of middle of the pack uh, P5 schools, it gives us confidence, it gives us hope, but it gives our players hope. Remember back in the day when we pay these money games, we get paid to go play these money games against whoever in the P5. And and every time you you just knew going in, you're going to lose by 50. I right? think Derek, De- Derek, what was his name? Derek Dyer or something? Well, he was a quarterback yeah. and he played against Texas. And I think he quit the next week. It was like, because we played against Major Applewhite. Major was a damn good college quarterback and they kicked yeah. their ass. And, and Derek was like, I'm done. Like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so I want to say, actually, he quit the week before, if I'm not mistaken. No, he, John played, he played in that game. No. Didn't he? I, did he? I think he played in that game. Because so funny story about that. So that's 2000. We lose to Sam Houston State in week one, who was a Southland team at the time, I think. They beat us at Cajun Field. Then we go to Texas. We're up 10 0 because Chris Sims just played like like doo doo. And we're up 10 0. Well, they put Major Applewhite in. I think they hang like 50 on us after that. And then the following week, we go to Lubbock and play Texas Tech. And I'm just like, at that point, you just you just might as well cash it in, right? Now and they did. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, that, that that's a that was a bad year. But anyway, you know, now you go play a Texas Tech and or a Minnesota. Even when we played Texas in twenty one, we were in the game. We were in the game. I mean, and we didn't even play that well, and we were in the game. And so, you know, I look at a game like this, and and again, I mean, it's winnable. And it's finally good to say that it's a winnable game. And to your point about the American Athletic Conference, look, I, it's whatever. I mean, if you look, they've got fans from like the Memphises and the Tulane's that are not happy with the new members in their conference. That's kind of I mean, funny to watch, man. They're they all they hate are, the new guys. <laughs> there's so much infighting because in the new guys right came now. in like, oh, we're 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 P six now, and it's like. Because you were you just moved a conference with three good teams and everybody else like <laughs> well look at put it to you like this you've got UTSA who's won the conference USA over the last two or three years they lose to Army at home then you go look at you look at Rice and uh, granted they beat us last year but they're not they're not you know flapping their wings in any kind of way the way they're playing right now you've got South Florida which of course I like to pick on them because they yip yap the whole time but what have oh they dude done they're gonna since? they're gonna they, I'm sure they already have a trophy in their trophy case for almost beating Alabama <laughs> yeah right you you've got you you've got UAB who just joined the American right and look at what we did to them two weeks ago you've got Charlotte who basically I, I don't even know if they, I think they've won one game so far I think they're like one and three or two and three or something like that they're bad they lost to uh they lost, they lost at the hands of Georgia State. I mean, our head-to-head matchups uh, with the American right now, especially the newer members like Sunbelt versus 
uh, the new American conference members, we've pretty much dominated them. Well, the American is the epitome of we're going to say we're the best enough to where other people start to believe it. But you look at facts and facts aren't there. Like there is no doubt right. to me that if you're looking outside of four conferences, maybe five, yeah. we're, we're, we're top of, right now. We're top of the food chain there. So, no, I mean, if you look at the rankings, we're six. Yeah. We're six. I mean, we're ahead of the Mountain West. We're ahead of the American. We're ahead of, I mean, Conference USA, whatever. Anyway. And then <laughs> when know? you think about the Tupac next year, you know, they're, they're breaking up. So there's going to only be four. And then we're, I'm sure at some point during this podcast, you know, at some point we're going to address the fact that we're going to have possibly two G5 teams in the playoff next year, how heads are exploding because of that. Um, it, you know, the, I'm just saying, I, I think we are, if there's going to be four conferences and then a fifth, I think we're the fifth right now. Now that can change. It has changed. You saw AAC was in control for so long. And then that flipped mountain West could come in and take that role. Who knows? But I think right now there is no other conference I want to be in period. End no. of story. Unless no. you're talking about if the sec somehow <laughs> invites us next week, right. but that's not right. going to happen. I think we're at the perfect place that we need to be. in. I think the teams that are in this conference right now are all super happy to be doing what they're doing. And you know, I made fun. I think we all did on that commercial that said, together we rise. But it's funny how that was really the truth. They it really prognosticated that. And that <laughs> yeah. really is. Together we did rise. And it's it's yeah. pretty outstanding outside of Coastal Carolina, who just, whatever. All of the other teams <laughs> in this conference have really pulled their weight to raise uh, the level of competition and the respect. So um, I love being here, man. I would have never said this five, ten years ago, especially when when App State and Georgia Southern came over. I was like, we have got to get out of this. Like, I don't want to be associated with FCS schools, but look at what they've done, the prestige that they brought to this conference. It's just, it's fantastic. Well, everybody's carrying their water. I mean, Georgia State right now is 4-0. I mean, Texas State has shocked everybody. They're finally winning, thankfully, right? I mean, we've been waiting for that for God knows how long. They're like ULM, but with money. Like, they have all yeah. the resources. ULM right. does it, you know? And right. finally, finally, it's paying off. So I'm happy for them. Well, it's, it's, it makes everybody look good. It makes us look good when it's top to bottom. You know, I've had a one a bunch of good friends tell me, look, I, as much as I love to win the conference, I want it to be a challenge. You know, the the more challenge, the the more accolades you get for winning the whole thing. So, no, it's it's great. And and to your point about playing P5s that are winnable, I believe next year we go to Michigan State. Don't we go to Michigan State next year? I am. I don't know, but I have a buddy who graduated from Michigan State, and we marked that on both of our calendars. So I might be doing post game from from there, from uh, East Lansing, from East Lansing, Michigan. But go. I am looking forward to that. I don't know if it's next year or the year after, but I'm I've. I've uh, made a commitment to be there, so that should be a lot of fun. I believe it's the first meeting between the two schools as well, so that's going to be a lot so. of fun. I always enjoy playing, uh, you know, P5 teams that we've never played before. So, anyway, with that said, so that's going to do it for the Minnesota preview. Uh, again, the Cajuns traveled to Minnesota this Saturday to take on the Golden Gophers. Uh, the kickoff will be at 11 a.m. You can watch it on the Big Ten Network or catch it on Hot 107.9 or hot or 103.3 the goat so that'll be a you, grits and griots game you wake up early you get some grits and griots and and <laughs> make you a little go. drink and enjoy it 
Yeah, and if uh, for those of you wondering about the Big Ten Network, uh, it I don't think it carries on ESPN Plus. So unfortunately, if you have the ESPN app, you won't be able to watch it. Uh, could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Uh, either you have to have YouTube TV, you have to have a subscription, or I believe a Hulu TV as well carries it. If you have those subscriptions, you can watch it on the Big Ten Network. Are Otherwise, Houston people, by the way, Houston area people? I've got Big Ten Network. I've got Direct TV. So come on, I've got plenty of room. And uh, I might even cook for you. Party in Nick's house, everybody. You heard it here. So the watch party, official Raging Cajun watch party in Houston is at Nick Domang's house. That's right. You heard it here first. Bring it, baby. Bring Breaking it. And news. We're gonna, it'll be a hell of a post-game. I'll invite them all on the pod. <laughs> we'll and if the Cajuns party. win, we're all doing cannonballs in Nick's pool. <laughs> That's a deal. Definitely a there deal. There you go. Okay, so with that said, let's kind of move on to the Sun Belt. Let's move on to the Sun Belt. Uh, talk a little bit about what happened this past week as well as uh, the scheduled games uh, going into this coming weekend. So for starters, we did a little review the other night. We'll do another review on the Sunbelt Conference. Uh, last Thursday, uh, the Cajuns' future opponent for homecoming on October 21st, the Georgia State Panthers, they've been kind of the surprise of the conference going to Coastal on national TV and taking care of business of the Chanticleers. Uh, Georgia State victorious over Coastal Carolina last Thursday by the score of 30-17. to 17. So <laughs> that, Georgia State is 4-0 and on the year. Very impressive for the Panthers. Uh, Troy taking care of business at home against the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers by the score of 27-24. Georgia Southern goes plays a Mac opponent themselves. They go to Ball State, pretty much dominate that game. Uh, Georgia Southern victorious over Ball State, 40-3. to Central Michigan comes into Mobile after a huge win for South Alabama. They go and beat uh, Oklahoma State the week before, come back and have a letdown game. They lose to Central Michigan by the score of 34-30. to App State traveled up to Wyoming to take on the Wyoming Cowboys. Close game, but couldn't quite pull it off. Wyoming defeats App State by the score of 22 to 19. Texas State taking care of the Mountain West, baby. Texas State at home. They hosted Nevada. They beat the Wolfpack by the final score of 35 to 24. To man, that was record that was a little worrying, one. man. They were they yeah. were down 17 nothing and had to come all the way back. So hey, impressive though. Yeah, impressive. Very impressive. JMU goes to play Utah State. Another win over the Mountain West, JMU victorious over Blake Anderson's Utah State Aggies by the final score of 45-38. to Okay, Old Dominion, Texas A&M Commerce. So let's, let's give a little backstory. They were scheduled to play Buffalo that day, I believe. And when Dr. Maggard worked his magic to, to allow uh, Buffalo or ODU allowed Buffalo to play us, they go get Texas A&M Commerce. Now, most of us are thinking that's an easy W. They're going to take care of business. Old Dominion beats them, beats Texas A&M Commerce by the final score of 10 to 9. Oof, that was rather I'm pulling up their schedule right now. Hold on. I want to see, I want to okay. see what Texas A&M Commerce, who, by the way, I didn't even know the existed. They're yeah, the in the Lions, transition. By the way, they're in the transition to FCS right now, if I'm believed. They're in the Good transition uh, period. They to, lost to the FCS. They lost 48 to 10 to UC Davis, 34 to 6 to Sacramento State, and then 10 to 9 to Old Dominion. Now there good. was bad weather. 
There was horrible weather. I in don't care. So. There was horrible <laughs> weather on both sides of that 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 ball. I that yes. that yes. is inexcusable. Ten to nine. Come on, dude. Thankfully, they won. Okay, let's just let's just be happy they won. Anyway, so yes, uh, Old Dominion victorious over Texas A&M Commerce by the score of ten to nine. There is a lot of meltdown with our buzzard friends in Hattiesburg. Uh, Southern Miss went to Jonesboro, and uh, that was kind of a surprise. It was a very surprising loss. Uh, Arkansas State took care of business against the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, and they were victorious over the Golden Eagles by the score of 44-37. to Wow, that was kind of a shocker. And uh, Marshall, another P5 slade at the hands of the Sun Belt. And of course, Virginia. Uh, the Marshall took care of Virginia Tech, coached by former Raging Cajun defensive coordinator coach Brent Pry. The Marshall Thundering Herd getting the W over the Hokies by the score of twenty-four to seventeen. And of course, last but not least, for like the fifth time, the Cajuns victorious over Buffalo, forty-five to thirty-eight. So pretty interesting week last week. Lots, lots of storylines, lots to talk about. But it was good to see uh, some good wins, one or two disappointing losses. But overall, I thought the Sun Belt had a had a good week last week. Yeah, I thought that was going to be the opportunity for us out of conference to have a clean sweep. Um, a little disappointed that we didn't because I thought there were opportunities there where we could have uh, done it. But overall, again, uh, I think we're getting a little spoiled with with the the level of talent and yeah, right, and how much we're rising as a conference. So uh, I'll definitely take it because just a few years ago that was a clean slate the other way, and and we we were over, you know. Exactly. Especially, I mean, you know, not many P5 wins, nothing like that. Uh, so that's nice to see that's become sort of a normal trend. So hopefully, okay, so let's talk about this upcoming week. Uh, hopefully the Cajuns can continue that P5 trend or that P5 victory trend as the Cajuns will travel to Minnesota. And there's actually six conference games uh, this week. So conference play really, really gets going this week. Uh, GMU will host South Alabama at 11 a.m. Uh Arkansas State travels to UMass this Saturday, so they'll be playing in a non-conference against the Minutemen of And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, that's an interesting game because yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, you 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 look at Arkansas State and how horrible they've been, then they beat Southern Miss, and now you're thinking, okay, they have a chance to to beat UMass this week and go three and two. They were 0-2, barely. They scored three points in two games, and now they got a chance to win three in a row against a UMass team that seems to be struggling right now. So, yes, that'll be an interesting game. Kickoff is at 2.30 for them. Uh, let's see. Marshall will host O-Dominion, which will actually be a pretty good matchup Saturday at 2.30. Uh, Georgia Southern, uh, you can tell they've been promoting that game like crazy. They will host the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers in Statesboro. It will be on NFL Network. Kickoff will be at 6 p.m. How Nick, about it looks the, uh, like you want to say something. I know you want to say it. How Just about say that it. university president coming out and doing that weird thing on Twitter? That was... Uh... Hey, the man got school spirit, okay? <laughs> the man the man definitely has some school spirit. I shared that in our group chat today, and Josh was like, that dude's a clown. <laughs> but hey, he's you know, at least they have a president... Who's showing some spirits? So. Hey, you know what that yeah. you know what that means? We got to get Dr. Savo to promote our game next week and get him to yell at the student section or yell in the student section or whatever. There you like, go. Like uh, the Georgia Southern president. There you go. But anyway, Perfect. yes, Georgia Southern hosts Coastal this week. Georgia State can they keep that four and record clean? They will host Troy. That'll actually be a really good matchup. The Troy Trojans will travel to Atlanta. Kickoff is at six o'clock to take on the Georgia State Panthers. This is an actual. This is an interesting matchup in Hattiesburg. Southern Miss will host Texas State at six o'clock. 
that is going to be interesting. Oh, it's going to be interesting. And, and you might, I mean, they may be put on, um, yeah, a certain kind of watch for people who jump off of buildings, because if they lose that game, <laughs> it ain't looking good for, uh, for Southern Miss. I know they're already in a, a pretty bad place right now. Yeah. They're, they're a little bit in panic mode and rightfully so. I totally get it. Right. I totally get it. Um, and of course, ULM will host Appalachian State or App State in Monroe. Kickoff is at seven o'clock. So we actually have some really good conference matchups. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep an eye out on this. Um, you know, a few matchups here and there could go either way. There could be an upset or two. But for the most part, that's the beauty. Like, that's what's great about this conference. These are good games. Yeah. I, I mean, who would have thought? Uh, I'm I'm think I'm listening to you tell me ULM App State and I'm like ooh App State better bring it this week because ULM has not been terrible you know you and Texas know. State right Texas State going to Southern Miss last year I'd have been like oh, that's going to be brutal for Texas State well now I'm oh, worried the about opposite. the Southern Miss fans right <laughs> right so right so yeah it's it's great look again um you enjoy you enjoy having ULM that you think or and expect to beat every time you play him and Texas State has not beat us ever in football and you enjoy all of that, but there's so much more to it when the whole league top to bottom is competitive. And I think you're starting to see that. And, and what is impressive this year is that while Southern Miss might be struggling a little bit and ODU, we, we're still not sure what they are. You don't feel like you have anybody dragging us down as a conference. No, like we have I in don't. the past. This is the first what? time. I feel like at, from top to bottom, anybody can beat anybody this year. Well, take ULM, for example, right? They lost a tough one at Texas a and I mean, they got blown out. But you know what else? They they got a bye week this week, and App State had to travel all the way to Wyoming to lose a heartbreaker by three points. Now they got to get back on a plane, fly down to Monroe, and take on a ULM team that's well-rested, right? I mean, the fact so that you at, have to be in Monroe in the first place <laughs> takes everything, and, takes the lifeblood out of you. So I get a it. distance from North Carolina uh, to get there too, uh. after going all the way to Wyoming, right? So, but that equal, to me, that evens the playing field, right? I mean, you, you look at these two teams and you're like, if you look at this, the circumstances surrounding this game, sets up for a good matchup. Yeah, I mean, again, you just... It, I don't think you can appreciate <laughs> these matchups and how far we've come and the fact that we're talking about it's going to be a competitive game between ULM and App State unless you were here from the beginning when we started and our conference champion was five and six or or, or whatever. Right. North like, Texas, remember North that? Texas, yeah. Yeah. So unless – I think our current fans who, who haven't been here since the beginning of the football thing – can kind of understand it, but I think if you've really been through the trials and tribulations and the fact that we as a conference almost died when CUSA raided us, it, it, you just appreciate it more and you smile. I've been smiling this whole time you've been talking about it because it's so satisfying to see how far we've come. And we're well, not I mean, the laughing stock anymore, right? We used to be the laughing stock. Like everybody, the terrible teams were like, well, they should play in the Sun Belt. They're not saying that anymore. Well, now that we're the respectable G5 conference, you know, we're the conference that everybody's like, I don't want to play those teams because you never know what can happen. To, you know, like I get like, again, it goes back to the to 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 some of these score predictions I'm seeing, uh, you know, through 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 Minnesota fans. I mean, you know, that's respect. Uh, by the way, if you want to go to their site, I'm going to give them a shout out. Gopherhole.com. OK, if you want to go check out what some of their fans are saying, um, but they're they're, you know. 
they're a little bit down on their team somewhat, but at the same time, again, when you're predicting close games and some of them are actually picking us to beat them, I mean, I, 20 years ago, I'm like, no way, no way. We, we, we were the money game. We were the easy W on the schedule. We were kind of like the FCS school, that team schedule, you know, you, you, you kind of a, kind of a, um, a tune-up game for other teams. Not anymore. Not anymore. So it's great to see that. It's great to see that. So that's going to do it for the Sunbelt side of things. Again, uh, I'm sure you'll keep your, whether it's watch on your phones or on your TVs or on your laptops, there's going to be a lot of good matchups around the conference. And it should sort of paint a picture on where these, the directions these teams are headed. And of course, uh, I'm sure all of you have heard, uh, not to think too far ahead, but I figured I'd say it. So the Texas State game uh, for the Cajuns, right? They announced it will be a day game. Uh, not sure kickoff time. We're not sure what time kickoff will be. It'll it'll either be at 2.30 or 3 p.m. Uh, at Cajun Field. So it, it'll either be at 2.30 on ESPN2 or at 3 o'clock on ESPNU, depending on how the games turn out uh, this weekend. So if the Cajuns get a win and Texas State goes 4-1 and one by beating Southern Miss, that's two 4-1 and one teams. And the storyline between Zeon and former TSAB quarterback and Auburn quarterback TJ Finley, Primetime TV, man. Can I get on my soapbox real quick? Real quick, I'll get in trouble for this. I'm going to just say, there are already people that are making excuses that it's going to be too hot. It's at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's going to be 94 degrees. The sun's going to be out. Blah, 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 blah. Get your butt to Cajun Field. Tired of the excuses. Tired of everything. All the drama. Let's, let's put that all behind us. Get your butts in the stadium. Support the guys on the field. This is a good football team. We're playing good football. Texas State is a good football team. We got to defend the house. Get your butts in the stadium. That's all I got to say. I mean, look, if you beat, look, we, we beat Minnesota this week, okay? Let's say we beat Minnesota this week and all of the hype surrounding that. Then you have a former TSAP slash Auburn quarterback with a hot team coming to town and it's a conference game. It's a 2.30 kickoff. Oh, and by the way, oh yeah, what's that? Oh, TSAP plays at 11 o'clock on the road, might I add. So, what other game at that time would make you want to stay home and say, "Yeah, I don't want to go to the K- I don't want to go to Cajun Field." What what other team locally would 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 make you say that? We're we're gonna be the we're we're only we're gonna be the only team that really anybody's gonna to want to watch at that time. So to your point, Nick, there's really no excuse unless you're barbecuing at your house to watch our game. You should pretty much be there at Cajun Field next week. I'm In spite go, of what happens this weekend, I'm gonna go break that 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 little that shawls that connects it the 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 broadcast to the world. I'm gonna go cut that cord so that they can't watch it at home. So they have to go to the damn stadium. Get your butt to Cajun Field. Enough with the excuses. Go support these guys. Look, Zion is is the guy. Zion is the real deal. And I don't care if we win in Minnesota. I don't care if we lose in Minnesota. I don't care if we go zero and two. Till I don't care. Get your butts out and support the team. Our town, our team, go prove it. It's going to be a fun game regardless of what happens these next couple of weeks. So um, I think it's time for the fans to show up. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. This is a fun team to watch. It's a fun team to watch. Uh, you know, you want explosiveness on offense, you got it. You want defense to to swarm to the ball, you got it. This team is a lot of fun to watch, and they're still maturing. They're still growing. We actually have a lot of underclassmen playing for us right now, and they're all stepping up. So 
Uh, yeah, like like you said, Nick, get over to Cajun Field and hometown boys. We're not talking about boys from from you know Chicago. We're talking about guys from New Iberia and Lafayette and Baton Rouge and the surrounding Correct. areas. So no question. these are these are our people. Go out and support them because they, they're right. they're working their butts off for you. That's right. And so you know, with some other teams you could support. Raging Cajun soccer. So let's move on to soccer real quick. Uh, the Cajuns come in with a 4-4-2 four, four and two record. Of course, they lost a heartbreaker on Sunday to rival ULM. I know ULM's not a rival, but in soccer they are. In soccer they are. They're actually really good in soccer. Uh, they lost 1-0 at home, and they will try to correct the ship as they travel to JMU on Saturday. And the kickoff will be at 1 o'clock, and you can watch that game on ESPN+. Plus. So you can watch a dual screen. you got the Cajuns on Big Ten Network, and you've got ESPN Plus for soccer. Okay, so what is the deal with the 1-0 and the pitch, and you're wearing the knickers and whatever? Like, <laughs> what is the deal with all this vocabulary for soccer? Like, why are that? It's one nothing on the field. Like, what? what is that? Yeah, I, I never bought into that. It's football lingo. But It's the lingo. <sighs> Okay, I'm like just the uniforms, stop. the kits. I know. I, look, the I watch yeah, enough soccer. Yeah, that's it. The kit. It. Like, what, 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 the kit. You gotta, sh you gotta show them. You gotta show some respect for the for the. I'm showing sports, respect right? by showing up at the games, like the kit, <laughs> and the, the shawls, and all that. Like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so the Cajuns will travel to JMU. Uh, they'll play them on Saturday at 1 p.m., and then they will play next Thursday at Georgia Southern. So they do have a two-game road, road swing, both conference games, and that Georgia Southern game will be at 5 p.m. You can watch both games on ESPN+. Volleyball started conference last thursday and friday night they hosted the troy trojans at okay long great atmosphere not great results uh cajuns go zero and two they didn't win a single set i know coach christy gray and the girls are regrouping there uh and i know for a fact that they're working hard to correct that wrong it happens you drop a game or two i know they'll be bouncing back and they'll be doing that this weekend starting friday night as they travel to jonesboro to take on the arkansas state red wolves uh the game will start at 6 p.m and they will also play the red wolves on saturday at 1 p.m both games friday and saturday friday at 6 saturday at 1 at arkansas state you can catch both games on espn plus so you can watch Cajun soccer, Cajun's volleyball, all at ESPN+. Plus. You can watch the Cajun's football game on Big Ten Network. A lot of Cajun sports going on this weekend, the next few days. And very impressive, the fact that, you know, the as you said, the, the volleyball team is is kind of struggling a little bit, and they still brought in 900 to uh, to their, their matches over That was a record, weekend. huh? It was a record. They were they were yeah. aiming for 1,000, but they got to 900, which is impressive. And love, by the way, seeing the football team out there supporting the volleyball team. I love that. I love when 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 other sports support, uh, you know, kind of have that cross support on campus that just builds the camaraderie between all of athletics. So really, really love seeing the football team out there as well. That's always great when they do that. You know, other other teams supporting, you know, whether it's football supporting this team or basketball supporting that team and vice versa. It's always great to see the student athletes support one another, regardless of which program that it is. And uh there's no doubt that the football players have a blast when they go to the volleyball games. I'm sure they make tons of noise and stand up and oh, they look like they were having fun, <laughs> joining in the camaraderie, right? Uh, so no, that was fantastic. So uh, yeah, if you have a chance to ever go, whether it's to the 
uh, Cajun's track and field facility or soccer facility or Earl K. Long, uh, go support these teams, just like you go to Cajun Field or the Teague or the Cajun Dome or, or Lamson Park or the tennis courts or the golf or whatever. So uh, anyways, Nick, do you want to do the honors and talk about golf? Because you reminded me last time about golf. Um, Cajuns actually had a golf tournament this weekend. Um, no, tell me and, about it, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, dude, they had a golf tournament this weekend. You know, it's crazy because whenever I... You know, it's funny because for some reason, when I look up golf, I always think it's springtime. It's kind of like track and field, right? I always forget that. I think golf is like the only sport at UL where it's year round. You know, I yeah. mean, you know, now, now that baseball and softball have their fall ball seasons, you know, they don't really count. But golf is all the way. It, I mean, it's all the way from August to, to May. You know, I mean, you, you start, we talk about their tournament in, in August. And then before you know it, I'm looking at them winning a conference championship at Festival International. It's insane. It's impressive. It. I mean, the fact that those guys and and look, you got to think I was in that world at one time. Now I wasn't an athlete, but I worked with the the baseball team and there's a lot that goes into preparing for games and 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 you know, you have road trips and you have all this stuff going on and you still have to go to class and take your test and do all that yeah. stuff. So it's especially impressive that it's hard enough you know, I mean, in the fall, it's 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 difficult, but it's not really because all the fall ball stuff is usually after classes you schedule as you wish, but you're not on the road. These guys are on the road for two semesters and they right. still have, you know, they still have school stuff to do. So especially especially impressive um, that they're able to pull that off. No doubt about it. So let's talk a little bit about golf real quick before we close it out. Uh, the golf team traveled to. I don't even pronounce this right. Wananta or Oneonta, Alabama? Just do what I say and just say Shaw's whenever you Shaw's don't know Alabama. how to say the they, word. They got, there you go. Perfect. The, we all yeah, know what you're talking to, about. They went up to Alabama. They went for the GMAC Invitational hosted by UAB. Uh, the, uh, the, the tournament lasted from Sunday through Tuesday. And uh, the Cajuns started out a little slow. They were tied for seventh uh, on Sunday. Came back. Moved a spot up on Monday to sixth place, but they actually finished out on Tuesday in fourth place out of 14 teams. So that's actually not too bad, you know. Um, fourth place out of 14, that's the upper echelon of schools. And uh, I believe the schools they competed with included North Alabama, Jacksonville State, Troy, Oral Roberts, USC Upstate, UAB, Southern Illinois, uh, let's see, Lamar. Uh, you, I think it says that U, UT... Rio Grande, Samford, bunch of schools. I think UT Rio Grande used to be in our conference back in the day. Tarleton State. Yeah, yeah. So they had a bunch of teams compete in this thing, and it's good to see that the Cajuns finished in fourth place. So very impressive for the guys. Great job to uh, to these 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 uh, these golfers, and and hopefully it just continues to get better. Um, it looks like this team, you know, last tournament they they. They they placed they were finished I think what in the top three or something like that I don't yeah they tied for first actually and then they had they a, tied a for playoff first. hole yeah yeah I mean I I can't recall our, our golf team you know competing consistently in the upper echelon of teams in their tournaments and it looks like they're doing that now it looks like they're building momentum uh, from their championship last year going to uh, to regionals so great job to Coach Theo and his his golfers and uh, let's keep that going uh, so they they went to uh, Alabama this week for that UAB tournament they'll be heading. On October 9th through, or the 9th and the 10th, they'll be going to Brooksville, Florida for the USF Invitational. Uh, so, whew, 
We've talked enough <laughs> trash to USF fans. I was going to go. say, we can't lose we got to go get them on the green, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> can't lose it, man. Can't lose that. And then they'll head over a week later uh, on October 16th and 17th to Little Rock. And then October 26th, 27th, and 28th, they will go all the way to Hawaii for the Shaw's Classic College Invitational. Yeah, I'm not pronouncing that Hawaiian name. <laughs> you're, so, you're getting it. You're catching on, man. I no, appreciate it. No disrespect it. to Hawaii, but that is a name that I'm going to botch, and I don't want to disrespect the Hawaiian uh, the Hawaiian pronunciation there. So, yes, they they actually have a lot of tournaments coming up, a lot of traveling to do. Looking forward to seeing this team develop. So, dude, tonight we've covered the Buffalo game. We've covered Minnesota. we covered what's going on around the Sun Belt. We've covered Raging Cajun soccer. We've covered Cajuns volleyball and Cajuns golf. One more thing before we go, Nick. Predictions. Well, two Nick, more I got things. a question. Two All more right, things. What, what, okay, go ahead. What you got? I just got to. I get. I got to give a shout out. Okay? okay, my brother. What you got? My brother is annoying as hell. He drives me up the freaking wall. But the one thing he does really well is he handles academics for the baseball team. And he told me last week, and I promised him I would keep it quiet until it was released in the official press release. Well, they did that today. The uh, 2.74 cumulative GPA from the baseball team is higher, highest in the conference, beat 14, um, excuse me, 13 other schools in the conference. So congratulations to the baseball team. Congratulations wow. to my brother, Coach Doe. Even though he annoys the crap out of me, he does a good job with that. So uh, <laughs> congratulations to those guys on doing a fantastic job and leading the conference. Yet again, I think they've done this several times over the last few years. Who would have thought your brother was the brains of your family, Nick? I wouldn't go that far, bro. <laughs> I think he's he just helps a pain the in, other players be. The brains, I, I just right? think he's a pain in the butt to all the other players, just like he was me going to school. So, <laughs> so, so he helps the other players become the brains. And Correct. He's just kind of in the background. Okay. Yeah, he's just enough. in the background. <laughs> no, but seriously though, congratulations. Look, we love our baseball guys. Uh, congratulations to the baseball team on that high GPA. That's a huge accomplishment. And it makes us look good. It makes us look smart. So thank you for making us look smart. But seriously, though, congratulations to the team for focusing on that and, and accomplishing that. And and not being the school down the road that's like, well, you know, they don't spend money on buildings like academics. We just spend it on on foosball. And no, that's that guy why with the they fake were... accent down the. Yeah. That and that's why they were dead last in APR just a few years ago. But that's beside the point. I digress. <laughs> anyway, guys. Uh, or actually, no. Of course, I, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping. We're done here, right? Nick. Yep. We, you, 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 you kind of killed my vibe here, man. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. All right, Nick. So Cajuns go to Minnesota this week. We talked for the last hour and a half about the do's and don'ts and what to expect here and there. Based on everything we talked about, what do you see panning out in Minneapolis against the Gophers? Look, I think it's going to be again. I think this is a very, very uh, unless they something happens and they prove me completely wrong. I think this is a very evenly matched game. I think uh, it'll come down. I think it'll be very close. And I think it'll, I think Minnesota's defense is the real deal, but I still think that we, we do continue to score. Like I think we can, uh, but in the end, I look for us to capitalize on a late mistake by Minnesota and Kenny Almendaris comes in with a 45-yard field goal to win it 27 to 24. You know what's crazy? What's crazy? We literally have identical scores. <laughs> so so here's here's my prediction, okay? I I agree with you except for the part where we take advantage of a Minnesota miscue. I think 
this is going to be a game of field position. This is going to be a game of time of possession. I think our defense is going to maybe make one or two more plays than their defense. So I think our offense is going to be able to score uh, just enough to get over that hump. I think the Cajuns, I think we score early. Like I said, that's one of the three keys to the game. I think we score early. I think our team settles down. And I also think we make some key stops on their offense. I think our athleticism actually surprises their offense. And a lot of it's going to really fall back on whether or not Darius Taylor plays or at least how how healthy he is. Um, that's going to be huge. But I think our defense lights it up very similar to what we saw against UAB. And I think uh, the Cajuns come out on top. I think we get our first big win against a Big Ten team. And uh, there's going to be a lot of cannonballs in Nick's pool after this game, I give the Cajuns the win 28 to 24 over the Gophers. By the way, Jerry, I just want to share with everyone watching or listening that I, I don't know if you know this. I know Josh knows this. I'm a big geek. I am a techie guy. I'm a gadget guy. If there's a gadget out there, I've, I've either bought it or considered buying it. There is a really cool gadget that I bought this week that I spent way too much money on. And I'm going to unveil it before the game um, in a very special way on Saturday. So keep a, keep a look out on, uh, it's not Twitter, it's X. Um, I will share that on Saturday morning. Um, I'm geeked up about it. It's going to be really cool. It might be, it might become a thing for the pod. We'll see. But uh, it's, it's a fun little gadget that uh, I will incorporate into Cajun Sports this weekend. You got me so anxious. I might not sleep Friday night because I'm going to be so anxious to know. It's like Santa Claus coming to your house and you're just waiting to open the presents. I now I'm curious. Look at my boy Doug Edwards. He's like, yeah, I work in IT. I understand. I don't work in IT. I'm just a nerd. Okay, I just like for some reason techie little gifts and 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 things like that are my thing. So uh, this one I I pulled really pulled out of the hat. So Jerry, just sleep for a couple more days. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I'll, okay. I'll share it with you. I might share it with All you right. early. I don't know if you can keep a secret. We know you like you can't I'll, keep a secret. That is true. That is true. That's very true. <laughs> I, I I just I just spill the beans on everybody. But anyway, actually no, that's a lie. I I actually do I actually do keep secrets pretty well. So maybe if you can sneak a little little preview, you know that'd be nice. <laughs> I might do that. We'll see. That'd be nice. Oh, you're too kind. So anyway, Nick, any final thoughts going into Minnesota? Nope. Win the damn game. That's all I got. There you go. That's the spirit. So guys, that's going to do it for tonight. That was been a lot of fun talking with you, hanging out with all of you, Cajun Nation. That's why we're here. We're here for you guys. Uh, just to let you know, um, after the game on Saturday, so I do have a small announcement to make. Unfortunately, due to um, uncontrollable circumstances, uh, I won't be able to make the post game. Nick, will you be able to uh, to cover for me on Saturday? It depends how much I have to drink, but we'll see. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, now, now you got to. Now you have a, to. Yeah, yeah, I might have to, especially if we win. Oh, my goodness, man. That's right. Well, I just want to let you guys know I'll be there in spirit, and uh, I, I might I might call in. But uh, unfortunately, like I said, I will not be making the post game. Hopefully, Nick and maybe Josh may be a special guest. Uh, that raw emotion is always fun when it comes out after occasions, whether it's a win or a loss. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Nick, we should be giving you updates on whether or not we'll do a post game, um, and uh, hopefully Nick can carry the torch for us. I appreciate that, Nick. Uh, of course, guys, as always, you can follow us on follow us, like us, subscribe. You can follow us on X, no, formerly known as Twitter, Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, or Twitch. And uh, we'll pr probably have this episode up early tomorrow, uh, so you guys can listen on Spotify or Apple. Apple Tunes, is it? 
And so, uh, as always, guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Again, the Cajuns will travel to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Golden Gophers this Saturday, kickoff at 11 a.m. You can watch the game on the Big Ten Network or listen on Hot 107.9 or 103.3 The Goat. That's going to do it for Region Review. I'm Jerry. That's Nick. As always, guys, it's been fun. See you on the other side. Go Cajuns.